I am really excited about this episode, and uh, I wanted to say hello to everyone listening. Uh, this is another episode of Can't Sell This. Uh, I'm Stefan Grambart, and I'm here with, as always, with my co-host, Hugh Elliott. And, and with our esteemed yes. guest... Sagan Yee. Sagan Yee. <laughs> I like that you you said that as a question. Like yeah. You weren't quite sure. Yeah, it's because I don't, I didn't I, the hand gesture didn't yes. immediately indicate what was I what was I hoping for from that. You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day, with your hosts Hugh Elliott and Stephen Grandbar. What were you hoping for? Uh, the Sagan Yi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it. She That's got all you got. It. She got it. She figured it out. It's good. It didn't wow. take that long. Yeah. <clears throat> Dead yeah. air. It's like, uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been another great episode. <laughs> what a great episode. <laughs> uh, Sagan, uh, why don't you, for the uh, enjoyment of our listeners and their education, tell us uh, what you do? Uh, sure. So, um, first and foremost, I'm executive director of the Hand Eye Society. That's a video game arts nonprofit that's based here in Toronto, um, and it's been around since uh, 2009 officially. So it's pretty old by video game arts nonprofit standards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've actually we're actually celebrating our 10th anniversary wow. this year, which wow. is pretty exciting. Um, I'm also a media artist. I've worked on a variety of uh, uh, mostly alternative controller collaborations. Are probably um, make up the bulk of my work so far. I'm not super prolific, but I've enjoyed uh, all the projects that I've worked on um, and uh, mostly operating in and around the sort of indie game playful media space. Uh, and then part-time I work as a library clerk at the Film Reference Library at the TIFF uh, oh, Bell cool. Lightbox. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and so Hugh and I uh, went to uh, one of the uh, other sort of industry events here in Toronto, um, and we saw Sagan talk and, and give a presentation about some of the games that she's done, and we were both, we gave each other this look across the <laughs> the, uh, the booth, we're like, this, we gotta, we gotta get this on the... On the podcast. Part of it, part of it was the fact that that your games are not traditional in in any sense. I mean, the, the fact that you made a game in which you're like, I'm inviting people into a van. <laughs> Normally, that's the thing that gets you arrested, but you managed it. Right. I don't know if I mentioned we were in an alleyway full of kids, like because they, they put us side by side with like this clown act for kids. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That was in Montreal, and I, I feel like, and then the kids would like come over and get in the van, and it's like not an appropriate no. game at all. <laughs> oh, and, a, a clown. and clowns? There's no, a, the, the, oh, the sound like, of per, like, yeah. like, like ice cream trucks and stuff. It's and then we know. had a bunch of silent ravers, like a crowd of silent ravers came down the street, and then some of them them were getting getting in the van and like getting even more tripped out because it's a very psychedelic experience. Oh, See, man. that's what I'm talking about. This, so I, we looked at each other and went, "Can we? Is it cool? Can we just?" Sometimes, as a as a host of a podcast like this, we don't know who's going to be receptive to a, an mm. invite. Some people go, why would you ever want me on that? And then other people go, why would I ever want to be on that? <laughs> and I mean, we tip very evenly <laughs> between those two spaces. But it was something about 
<clears throat> the 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 non-traditional aspects of of your games that I thought was was really cool. And on top of everything else, uh, the collaborative nature, uh, collaborative nature of of the games that you work on, you you are never an independent, right? Like you are an independent developer, but you work with people. Um, uh, yeah, specifically on the the alternative controller games and video games are like really hard to make. I find it's a miracle that anything ever gets done at all. But uh, for Zborg, which was the uh, van game, there was a du- dual screened sort of premise in there that was with Hannah Epstein and Alex Leach, who developed the dual screen system uh, using Node JS. Um, and then we, uh, I worked on another game uh, for uh, Game Jam. Um, at uh, one of the dames making games, game jams uh, with, and that's where I sort of met Nadine Lessio and started right. uh, working with her for the first time. And that was a a visual novel, a sort of anti dating sim where you've just cheated on your boyfriend and you're trying to lie your way through an evening with him, and <laughs> you're. So that was the idea that I wanted to do because I wanted to uh, have a sort of story where you're trying to pick different lo- tiers of lies, like from the outrageous to the more plausible, and try to like get to the end of the evening without tipping him off. And right. fe- feeling incredibly guilty the whole time, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a nice human being. Uh, but the, along the way, you kind of discover he's like also a bit of a jerk, and like that's why it's called Long Time Coming because maybe the relationship right. wasn't. That's you know what all led up to wow. the situation. It's like a psychology experiment yeah. all at the same time. <laughs> so I, so that was where I was coming in with it. And then Nadine said, well, I have this um, makey-makey and I want to make a game where you throw knives at the screen and the knives sort of uh, act as button presses. And we said, <laughs> well, let's just combine both of those things completely undiluted. Like, let's not compromise on either of those ideas. <laughs> so it became a, a, a game where the your ac- the accuracy of your knife throwing is sort of a metaphor for your emotional state. So you could, oh, wow. you could flip out and accidentally tell the truth and he would blow up at you. Or, you know, wow. if, your, if your aim was better than... We, so we had it in a few public places, but um, we discovered... Pretty quickly, throwing knives is a problem. Yeah, maybe, you can't, you can't, bit. you can't give drunk people <laughs> knives to throw at. No, things. that's not true. You totally can, but you should. Right. You can give drunk people lots of stuff. I've, I've discovered, but you, there are a lot of things that you shouldn't. Throwing knives would be one. I mean, that's pretty high up there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Loaded gun, and, and then throwing one. knife is like underneath that, right? Yeah, directly underneath. Directly underneath yeah. loaded gun, yeah. and then underneath that yeah. is unloaded gun, and then underneath that is the clip. Uh, maybe hammer lo- somewhere. Hammer would be way. Yeah. I mean, way low. But but we're digressing. <laughs> oh, there's a there's no end to the digressions. Yes. By the That's way, so okay, wait uh, one second. So the, the the we're called can't sell this. And one of the things that we discussed earlier, Sagan, was that you actually did sell something, but you're not 100 percent sure you like it as much as you should. And I, I would love to to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's uh, so. Those were some of the games that I worked on in the past, and then the the most current one that I'm working on is called Welcome to New Lux Plaza, and it's a vaporwave Star Fox 64 clone where you're this little pink spaceship, and you're you're going through this high tech shopping mall and shooting. You're like sort of competing with other shoppers um, in this like virtual space, and it's which, a, which is what you presented at the Creative yes, Tio, right? And yeah. it was like holy shit. 
right? Yeah. Do you mind yeah, if yeah. we swear? We do swear. No, no, okay. It's okay. I mean, it's too late now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not. I mean, I can I can beep stuff out when I. No, no, I'm I'm fine. Okay, good. Yeah. So like, it, we really just went like, oh my god, that's like the one of the cooler things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, because there's a whole world of that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty short game, and I've sort of set it up so that you can go into infinite mode, and you'll just go shoot things and rack up on high score until you die, kind of a thing. Um, and it just auto generates enemies and objects and and power ups. Um, so that was the project that I got. I know you were interested in me talking about Canadian uh, arts funding, For so sure. I actually got a couple grants. Um, to do that, uh, I think I received them sort of at the end of 2016. So I've been working on it for the last two years, very on and off. Um, and I've learned so much from that project. And I think the biggest lesson I may have learned from that project is maybe it doesn't need to get finished. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Which is a, a sort of a... At first, I kind of felt horrible about even thinking about it because you, you know, you want to you feel say to an obligation, yourself, right? Yeah, you have an obligation, and like I've been telling people, I've been working on it for all these years, and it's like sort of embarrassing to come out and be like, maybe I'm not, I'm not ever gonna finish it. But I learned how to program in C sharp on it. Like that was this is my first Unity game ever, so I, right. I think the the reason it got so spread out and just had sort of unlimited scope is because I basically used it as a way to cram everything I wanted to learn about coding and Unity into that one project. Okay. And I wow. think that might have been too big of a burden for a project <laughs> that was supposed to be completed. <laughs> um, I mean, so it's, it's finished by the standards, I think, of the Arts Council because I've had it in exhibits. It was at Vectorfest. Sure. Um, it was in a, a, a really small um, art exhibit um, in Kensington Market, which I was really proud of. And I had equipment from inter, like InterAccess lend me some equipment. So it was playing on this l- super old school monitor and the nice. super old school computer. And they stuffed a Mac Mini in it to make it look <laughs> like it was like, you know, this right, right. crappy old computer play this this vaporwave game so it was a beautiful setup and I was like maybe that's all it needs to be and I had this whole story mapped out and all this other stuff I wanted to put in and um yeah I'll, I'll, I, I'm probably gonna go home this weekend and look at it and, and think about it but this is like actually the first time I've ever admitted to someone that I <laughs> might consider I'm, I'm just picturing the, Our the tens the, of followers yes. are be shocked <laughs> the, the, the one out arts council executive who's like spitting up his tea right now because <laughs> what does she mean it's not finished <laughs> yeah, what does she mean she's not happy <laughs> yeah. wait sorry did she say by our standards perfect we're, we're fine <laughs> we're great we gave her that money two years ago Doug Ford's already <laughs> yeah. ruined that grant yeah no I mean, problem I, I feel like they they've seen so many they're working with artists yeah. Yeah. And Dan, yeah, they've seen yeah, it yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're a file. Yeah. You're yeah. a file, right? <laughs> you, and, and you're also probably like, this is one of the better results that we've had. <laughs> hey, Nobody died. Finished. Do you remember that one that was the game the with the knife throwing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't believe we approved that. You <laughs> no, rubber stamped that so fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh they my God, $5 pints. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. William still has his eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> it really hurt, guys. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes. oh my God, there there is so much I want to unpack in the the first part of this episode where where you've been telling us these stories, and I mean, I don't even know where to begin. But the 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 funding is great. The like, uh, the 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 dating game with knife throwing, where you're like, let's not mix metaphors. There's right. something so interesting that is just about life. that. That's straight up life. Well, because I was thinking about the mechanic of. Um, of knife throwing as a means to try, I have to hit that 
that lie that I think is going to be believable. But I might suck at throwing knives. And mm-hmm. if I don't hit it, if I hit the one that is um, c- completely unbelievable and I'm messing up my game, that feels like tripping up in a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, not so good. Some people are bad liars. Yeah. <laughs> like, some people, <laughs> w- when people are just playing the vanilla non knifey version, because that's kind of what we kind of had to make people do. Of course. Um, right. People were very good at that, getting all the way through the <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, like it, the, the it was it, the whole game was made in like two days, so the writing's not super great. Yeah, but, but it's also, I mean, if you think about it, um, if you're in a situation where you're trying to 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 weasel your way out through through uh, falsehood, um, you have to think of them on the fly. Yeah. And if you have a, a are presented with options, you're like, oh, this one sounds really good. I never would have thought of that. Uh, you know, as an improvisation. Boop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dog team gave up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would never have thought of that. And yet here we are. I, so what? What, I, I, I'm curious about the, the, the concept of throwing eyes. When, when that actually did happen, I mean, you presented the, the we're going to have a non-throwing knife version. In how many situations did someone throw a knife and it just bounced off and you went, nope, that's the last time you touched those. Right? Like, did you never, you must have just immediately stopped some people because some people are just awful at that. Oh, yeah. We we never, I think there was maybe like one or two instances where we actually let someone touch the knives but oh okay but most the vast majority of the time we didn't let anyone touch oh, the knives okay. Nadine would demonstrate by walking up and like stabbing and Nadine can throw a knife oh I was gonna say like yeah. wouldn't she have been pretty good at it at this but, point like, well uh, and in one of the venues where we presented the game uh, I think it was it might have been long winter or it was at the Drake or the Gladstone or Something like that, but it was like a crowded room with right. strobing lights because oh, there were no. musicians in the same room. We oh, were next no. to the bar. <laughs> we were right next to oh, the bar. Oh like, no, guys, and, you can't. You and, can't do that. Um, <laughs> so Nadine would walk up to the screen with a knife and poke it, and then be like, "That's how it works." And, <laughs> and people would be like, "Cool, science." And that's you know, <laughs> you're not going to touch the knives. <laughs> the knives are off limits. Oh, and that's the game I like to. T- I always like to tell. People. That's the game that uh, got the cops involved because we were we were just on the verge of packing up, and then some police officers just came into the room and they made a beeline right for us. So I don't know if someone uh, like mentioned there something. There were throwing knives in there, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, wow. And Nadine just launched into this hyper technical explanation of how Bluetooth, <laughs> the makey makey like Bluetooth <laughs> operation hooked up together, and she just confused them into leaving us alone. <laughs> And I was like, I just like did a slow clap after I was like, Nadine, that was masterful. (laughs) And Nadine has this whole thing about, um, I think she's done a talk uh, called exactly this, but game uh, too dangerous for GDC, which is the big game developer conference in San Francisco. And they have an alternative controller um, booth uh, or area on the show floor now where you can bring your alt controller games. But Nadine and I always joke that none of our games are ever going to make it to GDC because they're all uniformly um, p- have the potential to take someone's eye out. So. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, William can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Bill. Poor Billy. 
he's a he's a good guy, but man, yeah, I I uh, I would have loved to have seen that. The, just the police. Excuse me, ma'am. Can you please tell me what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then just like, well, you see, we're using this sort of touchscreen yeah. technology, but instead of using our fingers, what we're using is the conductive, uh, you know. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an Arduino, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Arduinos, and 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 the officer just being just eyes glazing. Yeah, over, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. The they, they were like, uh, don't do it again. <laughs> and then they walked out. Nadine's Nadine's a nerd of a high order. Man. Yeah. I've known her for a long time. She's a smart, smart person. And it is, I can't, I can't imagine <laughs> a couple of cops walking in <laughs> and her just going, look <laughs> like that no just, she she was like i was like uh, uh like i was freaking out like, like i've never even seen a police officer in, in real life and she was like i got this oh my god i haven't <laughs> seen a police officer in real life <laughs> so i have a buddy who's a cop and and one day he showed up at my house full uniform and like because i my my window was frosted so i could see a cop i opened the door thinking oh man i don't know like i haven't done anything wrong but still open the door and it's my buddy he goes Hey man, can I come in and play Xbox? I was like, uh, yep. You know, but like, <laughs> he was in full uniform because he'd, he'd gone and done like a, a construction site. Right. So he was working and he went back to the station. They're like, you can't, you can't stay here because you're getting paid by them for another three hours. So go somewhere. So he went to my house, gun and everything, sitting what? on my sofa playing Xbox. He's like, don't touch my gun, Hugh. Stop touching my gun. Like, I just want to, just let me touch that gun there you know i'm freelance i got nothing to do i wasn't going to actually touch the gun but I, I kept pretending like i was going to touch it just to freak him out it didn't freak him out he's remarkably calm also i'm his friend and not a perpetrator trying to like actually steal his gun i'm uh digressing here no i i i didn't think you were i thought that that was very on point oh my god you're the worst I would, second I, worst co-host of this podcast wait what <gasps> that's because i'm the worst so I, it's fine. The nice thing is, Sagan, is that I can edit out any bullshit digression I <laughs> yeah. I throw in. So yeah. that whole thing can yeah, that's the well, we can keep it. Podcast. I mean, the the positive part is that he's not a listener. It's not like he's going to go fuck you. Yeah, well, that construction company is going to want their money back from the nah, last three years. Nah, no, they won't remember that. It was like that was a fifteen years ago. There's no. Uh, you don't know construction companies like I know construction companies. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about that? No. So, anyways, what I want to ask you about is uh, <laughs> the the process of uh, of applying for funding. Yes. I am I'm very yeah. curious about that. Obviously, Stefan and I uh, are both curious about it. But um, what has been your experience? historically speaking uh in implying um so i first got involved because um let's see i think maybe 2014 was when i was called in by the um, ontario arts council media arts officer mark haslam and i got an email from him and he said we're looking for uh, people to be on the jury for our next uh, upcoming media arts grant deadline i was kind of shocked because I hadn't really done, or to my knowledge, hadn't really produced like a huge body of work, and or you know all of the things that I thought that they—that's what they were looking for, like for an art artist with a capital A to be on these juries. I didn't even know that they were judged by juries. Grant <laughs> grants were not on my radar really right, at all. Sure, uh, maybe because I'm in the I'm in the 
it came out of um, animation school, which is, you know, they expect you to go work for a studio or something like that. Um, and then video games, which are seen as more of a commercial thing. So it was not on my radar. So I was very surprised. Um, I think they probably got my name because I was running the Game Curious program for Hand-Eye Society at the time. Okay. And so I was commu- I was involved in the community and I think they figured she probably has seen sort of the a local, lot of games a lot of games yeah. and especially like has a familiarity with the local scene which which is a an understate like a humble the humble version of I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like you knew what you mm-hmm. were talking about, but at the time you just didn't recognize that you did know what you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. So it, it sort of took uh, I'm I'm very grateful to to Mark uh, for giving me that opportunity um and opening my eyes cuz it was a, a pretty incredible experience. So um I I I don't think I'm giving too much away when I when I say that you basically have to uh, read all the applications. It was something like 106 applications. Wow. And media arts, I think, is a really interesting discipline. So they're they're they have dis- uh, discipline specific uh, juries because there's usually five people on a jury, and it's too co- it, it wouldn't work if they were all the disciplines were merged into yeah, absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, so, but media arts is is pretty uh, diverse because they have um, they've got one for literature, they have one for visual arts. Um, I think maybe music has its own category, um, but media arts is like um, largely film and video art and documentaries and um, sound art, robotics, video games, VR, like anything. It's almost like anything that doesn't fit into the other categories gets put into media arts. Uh, so it, it's a it's a, a pretty interesting process. And then so that was and that was back before they went digital. So I had to read it all on paper. Um, and then, then you, then they set aside some time for the uh, viewing of the support material. So because there's only so much that you can glean from a paper application, especially right. when it's media arts. These are usually like time-based artworks, like <clears throat> film, um, where or video art, where you have to like see it. So uh, see the previous examples of what the artist has done so yeah. they st- they stick you in a room with the other jurors and this is usually when you this is the first time that you meet the other jurors who are from all across Ontario because uh, they try to not limit it to just downtown Toronto um, and then you watch everything you watch all of wow. the DVDs wow. and weird CDs that people submitted with their application and um, they kind of leave it up to you to decide like when to cut it off because some- sometimes someone will submit like an entire film and maybe they'll tell you please view from here to here right but it's like you know a hundred or so applications so you really kind of have to to be judicious but did you were there situations in which you were you you read the application and thought nah we don't need we know that this is garbage so we're not going to end up watching a hundred of these applications we're going to watch 60 or 70 because there was easily 40 that were just Crayon or you know. <laughs> well, oh, so so the so the what the what the media arts um what the OAC and the T, the arts councils typically do is they weed out all the applications that are immediately like disqualified. Oh, for okay, okay. Reasons. So you're good. already watching qualified or reading qualified yeah, applications. Although they do not judge based on quality. Usually, when something gets disqualified, it's something like you're a student. And some oh, of the arts okay. councils have rules oh. around like whether you can be a student or not. You really have to read the the fine print. Um, well, it's not even fine. Print. I was going like, to say, in that right case, it's probably text. not even fine print. <laughs> yeah. It's just print. It's just print. Yeah. It's just not student. Yeah, yeah, don't be a student. Um, uh, so, yeah, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Definitely go on the website and read everything right. carefully and call the grant officers because I'm, I'm going based off of what I remember, and some of it is, is might be outdated by now. Right. Um, but, yeah, so they're... 
yeah, there's definitely stuff where in the first five seconds you're kind of like probably not, but you we do watch. Uh, they watch all. They watch everything. Everything has been has been vetted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to that point. Yeah. Sure, sure. And it's kind of the the if you are applying, the burden is on you to present your best uh, face, uh, the best impression that you can. So, the more editing that you can do on your end, instead of putting your entire two hour oh, thesis right. film, like you might want to like tell them what are, what is the best part that is the most relevant to your app. Or like even in that situation. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say essentially making a reel. Yeah. Um, Actually, you do not want to make a reel. You don't. Sometimes they have, oh, they have really? rules, rules around making ro- reels. reels. So they, they don't do want to see, see the whole reel. thing, but you say, hey, you're best off watching exactly. five to seven minutes. Exactly. You can okay. uh, <clears throat> sort of guide them uh, as to curate that experience. But for for whatever reason, they don't really want demo reels. Of Interesting. Things. Oh, that's, okay. that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Good to know, though. That's exceptional. Yeah, that, that's the, the, those are the sort of tips that I only realized uh, when actually going through that process so that being on the jury and seeing all the applications and seeing what got selected and what didn't and seeing how subjective it all incredibly was oh, um, for sure, right? because it's it's five artists so it's peer reviewed so they make sure to get artists that are more or less in your field um, and have sort of a I think the, the the interesting phrase that Mark used was that they're looking for a generosity of spirit in their jurors so mm. people who are willing to give right. people a chance based on what's been presented but are they also they also you're forced to sort of look beyond what your current specialty is because exactly, yeah. if you're dealing with film or documentary or mm-hmm. whatever like when you get lumped into media arts and it's all these exactly. different professions what the fuck are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, what are you supposed to do? You're like, well, look, we've seen 20 documentaries and one robot. I yeah, kind of want to let the robot win, you exa- know? That like, is exactly how the how the conversation often goes because um, with media arts, most of it is narrative film and documentary and video, video Which, art. why don't they Why don't they have, like, in, in, in all due respect to the media arts and, and whatever, or the Ontario Arts Council, why wouldn't they, if they knew that the overwhelming applications were for film and documentary, why not have a film and documentary version and then the rest of it because it's yeah it's, but, it's don't you think it like and it clogs the system and then you're and then you're stuck looking at a bunch of stuff that would be completely unrelated i mean i there's probably i i, I probably couldn't answer to that um no you it, wouldn't i, I I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean I, I think, yeah it's it's the sort of thing where it's like oh why don't yeah. they have just split it off into, into <laughs> i guess and, meanwhile your your buddy's like come on <laughs> It's yeah. exhausting well, what we do. Way. Yeah, exactly. You, if, you had, if you had a bunch of, of film and documentary applications and one robot, then uh, there's the enough film. obviously and, wins. Well, no. I mean, oh. if you're trying to split it up, then you have, ladies and gentlemen, here's the film and documentary category where we robot. have 12 different uh, applications. And here's the robot category where we have one robot. But, but it's not like that. that. I mean, was it like that? I mean, well, you, I, think, I think maybe it'll change... Once I um, start applying <laughs> <laughs> more robots, Hugh put in 20 robots, 20 different robot applications. <laughs> can you do that? Can you apply more than once? No, you can only God apply the one time. Okay, well, that's fine. But there, there are three tiers of, of funding available. If you live in Toronto, you're you're pretty lucky because you've got the Toronto Arts Council, you've got the Ontario Arts Council, and you've got the Canada Arts Council. So you oh, have access to oh man, all three tiers, all the acts, yes, and uh. And yeah, I think we're pretty we're pretty fortunate to to have that level of funding for weir- weirdo projects like Vaporwave Star Fox sixty four. <laughs> like, I, I I remember thinking like, oh wow, if I can get money to 
make that. I could get money to make anything my heart's desires. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as, um, sorry, what, what's your, you're the founder of Hand Eye Society, or you're Not one the of founder. the founder. You're, you're um, one of the directory. I'm the executive director. Okay. I'm the current executive director. And in, in that role, are you? Do you feel it's part of your part mentor to people that are part of the Hand Eye Society, like that, that want to be involved in games? Um. I think the is that a, that's a hard that's a hard question to ask. Like you're a mentor. Am people. I a mentor? Um, Do you feel you, you? I mean, you have a guiding. You you have the ability to guide people. You are incredibly smart, and you're holy shit. You've got a breadth of knowledge that <laughs> not a lot of people have. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been. That's actually how I started uh, getting involved um, doing stuff for Hand Eye Society. I first got involved. I made my first game through one of their programs. It was a partnership that between Hand Eye Society and Tiff Nexus, okay. which is a a program that no one remembers that changed the world in in my estimation. But uh, um, wow. the funding for it ran out, and they never ran it again. So, um, but I remember. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was a six week women in games workshop. Wow. Um, right, right, that was two thousand eleven. So right when that conversation was starting to pick up steam around, like, why aren't why aren't there more women in games? That's weird. And I had just moved to Toronto. I'd gone to Sheridan for four years for animation. Um, and so I um, didn't pick up a studio job right away, which I'm very thankful for, because it meant I was kind of just hanging around Toronto trying to make new friends and saw this the app. I, I remember typing in... V- Video games Toronto into Google because I'm like, like I like video games maybe other people do too and the first thing that came up was the application form for uh, the Difference Engine initiative so I did that program made my first game and then they asked me to run the second iteration of it wow. which I th- I have a theme of like people asking me to do things that I didn't think I was qualified for but apparently other people did and after that, you've done it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not like you show up there could you run this like, yeah. n- no but Day once you've done it you're like you show an aptitude and ability yeah. and they're like you know what you could probably run this yeah like you've 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 done it but that's a that's a mm-hmm. big deal yeah and I I had this is that sort of set me on my life trajectory that I didn't because I thought I was gonna go into animation I was gonna like go aim for Pixar or Disney or something like right. that. And, and and now I'm here. <laughs> but you still do animate. I mean, it's all part of the process, right? There's yeah. still oh, yeah. frame by frame and whatever that, that, that uh, I mean, Stefan's a former animator. Yep. I still use Recovering. Those. Recovering animator, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. but And it's true, Hugh, what you're, what you're saying as well is that the, um, the skills that you use uh, in animation for like creating the artwork are are extremely valuable in, in game design and, and interactive design. So. Yeah, I think the, the technicality and I I, I was mm-hmm. trained to do two D um, animation, like yeah. cell animation. Um, on the on the paper, roll in the paper. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All the paper cuts. And and now that I've learned sort of how to program um, in my in in C sharp, there's definitely sort of a similarity to how my brain feels when you're like kind of in the zone. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing about coding is that I can't watch movies while I'm doing it. I can't even listen is, to I can't to yeah, music. I can't even listen to music when no. I'm when I'm uh, doing it. It takes my full concentration. Animation I can I can zone out a little more, but um, yeah, there's some there's something about the way that it feels uh, that's that's different when I'm just doing like a like a single illustration or doodling or yeah. you know splashing paint around or whatever other thing. Writing, I like writing as well, and those all use different parts of my brain for right. sure. Yeah. Do you listen to music when you uh, work? Um, I do. 
Um, oh, but I mean, you worked doing music like at one point. Yeah, so. I I just I have very specific things that I can listen to. Right. It has to, and it's usually something very ambient, uh, and and sort of droney. Yeah. If I don't um, listen to the right thing, then it's the end of it. And I'm just yeah, like, if it's yeah, Chemical yeah. Brothers or something, I'm like, okay. I, I like those those like two hour long YouTube videos that are like Studio Ghibli jazz piano gentle <laughs> oh, nice. lo-fi chill hip hop beats to study to volume thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, halfway through it breaks for like a Udemy commercial or oh. something. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did for a I while. I can make a the, website um, with Wix. Like, <laughs> Justin Bieber stretched to 10,000 times the length and I would listen to that which is like the weirdest <laughs> thing to listen to but yeah uh, that's, I, just, but I would definitely li- listen to that stuff there's a, there's actually a website I think it's called you are listening to LA I might have gotten that wrong but it's it takes audio feeds it takes like random sort of ambient experimental electronic music from SoundCloud just like randomly pulls it and then aud- over top of that plays um, police uh, police scanner no feeds way. from LA. Oh my god! And they just they just run them like together. Dear that listeners, is... look at the blog because the blog post will have that link. Yeah, I swear to God. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not gonna. You're gonna send it to us. Okay. <laughs> <I don't laughs> know, you have little... some responsibilities here. <laughs> you don't just show up and give advice. Yeah, who do you think you are? <laughs> give us some links. And a headshot. <laughs> I can't even remember the name what it's called. I'll find it. I will find it because that that definitely reminds me of an artist Targeted called Googling. Scanner that I was I was super into when I was in animation. I I, I worked so many late nights listening to Scanner. It was just essentially okay, he's got yeah. a, a radio band f- uh, frequency scanner and he does ambient tracks. Yeah, it. yeah. So exactly. that to me sounds like you just found <laughs> the live slash yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, it's a little eerie because like yeah it is live it's like a live police scanning thing and then but you oh can also select different cities like is it real LA, like that's San a real Francisco. thing now like it's still happening do you think i haven't checked in in a year or so so oh my god it won't it be heartbreaking fresh. if it did exist and it doesn't now yeah You've well already broken our hearts yeah. sagan that's the end <laughs> but, the but episode but, is over i have to say that that's my favorite digression so far yeah yeah oh that is a, that and is a listen new we've been digressing for together for <laughs> nine twelve ten months and if that's her his favorite i feel pretty bad for me no don't feel bad your favorite digression had nothing to do with me it's just, but this was a digression that has given me a new tool i'm very excited about this actually i have i haven't because of the stuff i do which requires a lot of concentration i can know i can't really listen to music either I mean, my my favorite type of music is <laughs> like Mel Torme and Frank Sinatra and you know, <laughs> old crooners, you know. So I really can't because I get, you know, I get into it. So now I, if I can get something in which it like really be ambient and really be subtle, I could probably do it. I feel like I'm missing that in my life. It's just some ambient music. Right. So maybe that's it. So I just need some, either you Stefan, or me. you, Sagan, have to get me that link because that's going on the blog post <laughs> when we right. actually put it out. I'd be interested to know, bringing it back to the funding question, sort of what the what the mu- the music jury is like. Like when if, oh, they, get, yeah. if they got a, a proposal that was something like like I'm utilizing police scanners, yeah. and like weird ambient, <laughs> like Ghibli piano, vaporwave right. stuff. Uh, I'm. It'd be interesting to see the kind of stuff that they get. Can you uh, quickly explain what vaporwave is? Um, because you've mentioned it now, like you've said it probably about a dozen times. Yeah, and I think it, that's for a good anybody point. that doesn't know, because we did see you explain it. Yeah, so it, 
it's easier when I have the, my slides in front of me because I've done this presentation about what Vaporwave is, but it basically, I, I think usually what I try to describe it as is it was a experimental music micro genre kind of internet meme thing that kind of came about in uh, 2010 and there's a couple sort of seminal albums that people cite as being like the beginning of vaporwave and probably the most famous one that you might have actually seen the the album cover is very famous is uh macintosh plus um I can't remember the name of the album. Can we edit? Can you edit like a robot voice saying like the, the name <laughs> of the album? Gosh, gosh. No, or, or actually, you, what you should do is splice it. Go go and find the track and then splice it in. Right.
Send me the link. It. I'll, I'll splice it in. And I'm, I'm sure actually, that you've heard it. We will put a yeah. uh, we'll put a screenshot of the track of the cover on the on the post. And I, all these things are what we need to add in for show notes, anyways. So yeah. it's totally fine. But I will splice in that music if you get it to me. Okay. Because I really it's, won't. yeah, it's everywhere. I'll um, see. But I still don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that's every a lot of things that are everywhere that I still couldn't tell you where. Oh, how do I? No, it, it doesn't matter. You it, can is, email it. it is a hard thing to explain. That That is the one thing that I've learned about uh, Vaporwave. It's sort of like, yeah, it's, it's a like riffing a on a aesthetic. lot of... It's a visual aesthetic yeah. and, and an audio component. And the fact that it, it was a... I, I think it's a legitimate art movement that, mm-hmm. that maybe was the first that uh, began on the internet. Because um, a lot of it is like sort of uh, deliberately bad CGI and like with sort of an 80s um, aesthetic. Right. Like like lots of pink sunsets and race cars and palm trees and like sort of um, a pastiche of all those uh, um, corporate greed like skyscrapers but it's, and weird but it's elevators and stuff like that. It's different from that sort of eighties uh, neon revival. Like it's yeah, it's not it's it different. doesn't have that sort of hard edge to it. It, it feels softer, I guess. Is, yes, is it's very soft and dreamlike. And yeah. and the the music itself kind of started with. Like the the track the the famous track on the Macintosh Plus album is is like it's a, I think it's a Diana Ross song and they just slowed it down and right. then released and then released it as <laughs> with this <laughs> this is ours <laughs> as a and I think that the title of the track is like Macross. 420 oh my god that's awesome and then with a bunch of Japanese characters right okay <laughs> so yeah I. I don't feel it's a that was a digression because I actually asked about it. But I do want to bring us back a little bit uh, back to the funding stuff and only specifically because I think we're winding up. Okay. Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah. Okay. So because of that, I would like it, you to maybe 
do you have some gotchas or some advice you could possibly provide? Yeah, I'm listeners? glad you asked me that because I was I was thinking of something sort of recently just because it's if you if you go and pay attention to the when grants are due, they're typically sort of on a, a very typical cycle. Um, so you can plan for them and um, maybe combine two grants if your project's really big. You can actually ask for uh, uh, money from different sources before the same project. Right. Um, and so, so a lot of my friends have been applying for grants and and asking for advice. And I, I think people tend to get hung up on the writing aspect of it. And I know there's a lot of writing and it's very daunting and it does sound like they're asking the same question over and over, but they're, they're, they're really not. Um, so if I were to give advice, it would be to be yourself and speak from your heart, focus on the things that you are the most passionate about and not necessarily what you think the jury is going to like, because the jury, it's a real crapshoot. It's mm-hmm. going to be five artists that are, similarly emerging or mid-career or whatever you are, like five artists that are in your field, you don't know who they are. Maybe you do. Um, And so you kind of have to just be as genuine as possible and really focus, maybe try and focus more on the support material. um, Because I find I get a lot of questions about the writing aspect and no questions about the support material. And I think the support material, if you think about it, um, I tell people to, to try and put yourself in the juror's shoes. Like if you're sitting there and you're given the stack of applications and you have to like watch all the, the stuff, um, like what would impress you? Right. Oh, like showing good research yeah. sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like saying I have an understanding of where this is going to end up and who I'm speaking to mm-hmm. with this project exactly. is very helpful. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like, I'm making an ethereal message to God, you know, it's yeah. like, well, or, okay, or, or but... people think they have to do art speak. Right. Like, you know, yes. when you read that, people really fall into that trap hard and I'll, sometimes I'll read people give me like can you read this over and it's like they're just saying the same things over and over and then i get to the end it's like i don't know what you even just said yeah what was your project again <laughs> yeah, what was exactly. it called i'm like imagine if you were reading it like what would be fun to read and that's what i tried to put in my vaporwave application i made sure to explain what vaporwave was right and like why i thought it was interesting and why i thought it was historically relevant um and like why it's important that it's a video game and why it's important that i'm making it not anyone else and, right. I, and these are all things that i really believed um, so it wasn't, I, I think, no artifice to the to the application, which is which is what makes mm-hmm. an application obviously so genuine, right? When they read it, do you think? Or well, that's the thing. I have no idea. I have oh. no idea. <laughs> no, but <laughs> these I mean, are this all but, speculation. But you think it? Yay, rubber stamp. <laughs> <laughs> but you've also sat on the jury and read these things, and it, I've it, sat it, on a couple juries. Yeah, at this point. it's so have I, and it, it and I, and it's resonating with me. What you're saying is that. Um, uh, you know, it, it really comes down to how does how does each juror um, uh, react to to that the whole package of the application? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you do a ton of writing, uh, but only a little bit of of demonstration of uh, you know your aesthetics yeah. or uh, previous work that you've done, or like you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, Hugh, the the research, the research, um, it's it's just unbalanced, right? But if I if I'm looking at at these projects on a holistic level, you know. There are certain I can see how yeah. gearing it towards, um, for instance, if I'm going to show you a demo of my product or a demo of what I've done before, I got to make sure that that it get it comes across right away. And that was what, what I believe you were saying with, uh, you know, you can you can say watch this 
part of of the yeah, you know, this makes, time there's code. There's no sizzle right? reel, but this yeah. is what I need. This is what you need to pay attention to because if if you have a uh, for instance, let's say you have a long introduction before that moment mm-hmm. and that long introduction does no does basically a disservice to uh, your talents right that's what they're going to come away with if right. they watch that beginning I'm like oh this guy doesn't know what he's wow yeah. doing. a lot and, of credits at the beginning that's interesting yeah <laughs> yeah and like it's, it's it's like your 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 intuition as to what is the best part of the thing to show also plays into it so then right. it, it, if, if you pick sort of something where the jurors are like why do they show that part of it because sometimes you'll skip ahead and be like they should have shown this part of it. I don't know why they shown that part of it. That's kind of like a question mark, um, which you want to kind of try as much. There's always going to be huge question marks between you and like what the jury thinks of your thing. But right. like, sure. the goal is to try and eliminate as much of those question marks as possible uh, and leave sort of no doubt that what they're seeing is what you intended them so to So there's see. a way to write an application. There's a way to write your application that could be more engaging, that could give you the right amount of information and doesn't have to have the artist bullshit speak oh, yeah. that you're I, I, I believe to. that anything can be explained eloquently and with oh, clarity. Yes. It's, yeah. it's easily like, I mean, even just when we try to explain, when I try to explain the podcast to a stranger, I, you know, I just, you know, my, I, I've got it got down to a small sentence, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, how do you get someone interested in something that they wouldn't have been interested in before? Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. So how concise can you get, but still be interesting in, in doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how you approach the uh, application. On the flip side, you do have applicants. There's like exceptions to everything. And not only are they sort of evaluating your application holistically, they're evaluating it against all the other applications. Mm -hmm. So it also depends on what else is... It it depends very heavily, actually, on what else has been... uh, uh, What other people are applying to. Right. Um, Because there have been... And and my ta- maybe it's just my taste, but sometimes there would be an application that was just like really long and rambly and like almost made no sense, and the support material was just like really weird. And I'd be like, I want that one. <laughs> I want that one to get money. And and I in my experience, um, uh, because they're all artists, like they don't they also want to take chances on people that they're not a hundred percent sure about. Right. Or maybe like. The artistic merit is very high, but the viability section is very low. So viability is like, can the person actually do the thing that right, they said sure. they were going to do? And I, I always have a soft spot for the ones where the, I loved the weirdness and the off-the-wall execution. But I'm like, I'm not sure if they're going to pull this one off. But like, I say, let's go for it. Let's you let them try. <laughs> there's no yeah. point in it's 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 the arts. Like, you know, there, nothing's a sure bet. So. Well, it just seems like if you always went for the the polished, you know, sure bet, mm-hmm. uh, it would just get stale very quickly because yeah. there wouldn't be that diversity. Yeah. So I, I think the system, it seems very opaque and scary, but having experienced it from the other side, I think... I don't think they could get much fairer the way cool. they, that they do right. it. That's a, that's very gratifying and interesting to know. That's yeah, good. so I try to encourage people who who are very people in the game space um, are can sometimes be super reluctant to engage with the arts councils because they view it as a completely separate world. And even though their projects, I think, would be a shoe in um, for whatever arts council grants, uh, they'll they'll still gravitate towards the more commercial ones. Like Ont- uh, Ontario Creates is the big sort of industry funder right. of right. interactive media. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think it's... And they're like, oh, it's more money. But I'm like, but your project is like a tiny zine-like jewel. Like, maybe you don't need... $30,000 to make it. I know that would be nice, but, you know. Well, I think people start to equate living with 
doing a project. They don't think of like, well, I can just quit my job so I can do this project. You know, mm. not I'm going to keep my job, but I'm going to do the project. So I really only need $10,000. Right. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like 30 grand, which would put me up for six months. And, and then I don't have to yeah. worry about and it. And if you're in, if you're a game studio, then you probably have multiple people that you got to take care Plus of. Plus multiple sources of grant funding. Right. And, you know, yep. you know where to look. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. Do, oh, so I do have one other follow-up question, actually. Because <clears throat> I, although I, I, I keep making it look like I'm going to, that's the end of that. But <laughs> I am curious. It's like Lord of the Rings. Do you feel... Do you, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's The Hobbit. <laughs> the Battle of the Five Armies. So... Um, the question, <laughs> the question I've got—it's such an out of place. Sorry, that voice was amazing. The Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, That's tune like... in next time. <laughs> Same bat channel. So, um, here's the question I have. Fuck. This is gonna take a second. I'm gonna get him to <laughs> stop, <Okay>. stop <laughs> bouncing and laughing. Right. You can have another drink of your uh, water if you want. There's lots of time. Me? Yeah, it's uh, you know college radio, so dead air. <laughs> There's gonna be so many throat clicks on this track. No, no, no. I can all of it. The important thing is, there's no helicopters. Okay, so here we go. This is what I want. <laughs> this is what I want to ask. Do you feel a sense of? It's gonna sound. It's not gonna sound right, but this is what I want to say. Do you feel a sense of responsibility towards people that are sort of coming up? Because you're part of a variety of society groups and whatever that are essentially people just trying. And I mean, you, you, as someone that had had has done and and still doing the I'm just trying. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a sense of responsibility where where you see someone working on something? You're like, look, I can tell you for a fact, I can help you here, but I need you to, you need to do this. Do you, do you, do you find yourself mentoring and guiding now? More um, often than not? I don't know if I, it's so much like, it's not, I don't feel an obligation or, or a responsibility. I do in the sense that I'm running an organization that does cater a lot towards people who are just starting out right. um, in, in making video games. So on, on that sense, there is a responsibility for sure. Um, but you don't I, feel an obligation. It's just, it's, it's more of, of an affinity, job. an affinity yes. I feel um, yeah. is the better word. I feel like obligation or responsibility, like comes with the baggage of guilt or something like if they didn't make it or something then yeah, yeah you're then I would absolutely feel guilty right. about right. it but i it's part of your character to yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and i i definitely i love running workshops like now um that's the another thing that came out of the new lex project uh is is that i could now teach people how to use unity so i have a a, a workshop called weird unity for beginners so it's about using unity in a way that's not just like well let's take let's remake Tetris or remake this first person shooter and, and trying to just like experiment more with it. And sort of it's aimed more at artists who are maybe coming from other disciplines and aren't used to sort of the weird building block wonky interface that unity has. Right. And, of and, course. Yeah. And trying try, to ball. Yeah. Trying to, trying to experience programming and using unity as one would with any other tool, like a paintbrush, which is like more immediate. Um, it's just sort of getting in there and messing around kind of a thing. Cool. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, everyone, I, I still think of myself as an emerging artist for sure. Um, even though I, I graduated in 2011, but there's there's still so many things that I, I want to do. So I think I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll always ha- have a, a huge soft spot for people who are just out there trying their best. Right, yeah, cool. I, I mean, like I graduated in 1998. <laughs> You're like, I graduated in 2011. So yeah, long ago. Yeah, like, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it's 
I I'm so that? old. I'm, just, I'm crumpling up into a piece of dust right now. Um, <laughs> he chose poorly. So, um, <laughs> I do. Do you have anything you'd like to add, uh, Stefan, or do you feel like we're? I, I think we I think this has been great I think I think um, you've answered all the questions that I had uh, um, and corrected my questions so much better than I would have <laughs> <asked>. <laughs> um, I, I think that the the, the last thing that I, that I want to ask uh, um, again if if there are people out there who are looking uh, to to get funding um, I guess we'll put links into in the in, in the description yeah 100 percent so uh, so people can check out uh, check out those different funds but um, do you feel that there is um, a particular type of project? You sort of mentioned that you you, you talk to people and say, oh, your project would work really well with this type of, of grant. Um, and uh, So what I meant by that was more, it's extremely broad strokes, but the Arts Council's typically they'll say right on their website that they do not fund commercial projects. Right. So that's m- mostly... Um, Experimental... What, uh, experimental, but I mean, a lot of the, uh, there's some applications that come through that are like short film projects that have very conventional narrative structures. Mm-hmm. And, and actually the film projects are interesting because they require the filmmaker to submit their, their entire screenplay, um, which I think is really interesting. And, and they were trying to, the grant officers were like, is there an equivalent for like a, a video game? And I said, kind of a design document. Like I would kind of want to see something that's sketched out in that regard um but what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> no just uh, the types oh yeah of the projects. types of projects uh so so yeah i i'd say and whether something's commercial or not it's like i feel like video games and film do kind of have that commonality where it's like okay it's a, a short film about a girl who has self-esteem issues and she goes to the swimming pool or whatever and is is that commercial or that's not experimental that's like pretty straightforward but you know could still be like a really solid project um so that's kind of like i i guess commercial would be like i'm making a candy crush clone like really obviously like a farmville kind of stuff there's projects that like sort of ride the line um but you you do kind of get a sense for like what jurors and they they there's also an, an obligation to sort of meet um, standards of like equity and diversity and that sort of a thing. Right. So okay. if if your project is kind of just this frivolous like cute animals hang and you're doing stuff in the park, <laughs> yeah. I don't know like yeah, trailing off. Yeah, just, <laughs> so if your project's just garbage, <laughs> if it, if it's seen as like a little bit like on the frivolous side, right. like you might have. More of a issue difficulty, and, which is it's 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 tough because there's plenty of games that I I think people might um, dismiss as frivolous that I think are like actually important because right. they might not have mechanics that are conventional that that could be sellable. If we're going to the theme of like whether you can sell something, like I remember <laughs> there was this game at Comics X Games, and it was I don't remember what it was called, but it was just. It just—it was just a park, and there was—you're just played the—you just played this dog, and all you could do was run around and bark, and there was these like sort of procedurally generated birds, white birds that would take off as you ran towards them, and then settle somewhere else, and you could sort of chase them around, and you could pick up sticks, and there was I think one other dog in the space, and it was—it's just like you can't—that's not a marketable commercial product, 
would I'd play the shit out of that yeah, game. but it, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was amazing. It, it made everyone feel so good. I'd and, like, play the that colors. in the dark and bad, just like, Hugh, why are you still up? I'm just, I hate this dog. But that's, that's what I find interesting. It, it sounds like what you're saying is that, I mean, we have Ontario Creates. Uh, and, and even the CMF, which does the Canadian Media Fund, which mm-hmm. does a lot of experimental or, or innovation funding, um, but they're always very, very commercial projects. It, it or uh, it sounds like with uh, arts funding, there's definitely a room to. Oh yeah, it's still a game. Yes, it's it's still the same principles. It's just the the um, intent behind it is more for artistic purposes than for... Exactly. Or as a form of creative expression. And and it's if you are... If you do have a video game project and you want to apply, it's totally okay to just be like, I just made it because I think I like this stuff. I like dogs and running around a park and the fact that there's no violence and all that sort of thing. I think it's totally okay. There's a way of writing that application to make it compelling um, to the the, the jury. I will say there's a... There can be some difficulty because the jury they'll select the jury based on what applications come in. So if they get like, and so it's usually like two, three film people and then like maybe one robot person and then maybe like one games person, but they will try to like make sure that there's someone representing. Um, But if you are that juror that, is the only one that knows anything about video games. Like, be prepared to to explain a lot of stuff to the other jurors. <laughs> right. And, I, and I, yeah. I, it's it's a really interesting process. And so I've there's just lots of interesting discussions that come out of that. But it is surprising. Like, um, I, I would actually say that the the fact that some jurors might not be um, uh, as knowledgeable about video games is balanced out by the fact that everyone is very intrigued by video games and a video game application right. they don't get nearly enough of them as they should stands out immediately and people will find excuses to to get it funded because people are like yeah video games as as art and I want to learn more about this stuff and um, so I, I, I rather than uh, people being afraid that like oh people don't understand video games so they they don't want to fund it it's actually the opposite um, so I, right. I definitely want to encourage people to, to apply more with their games projects. Great. Well, listen, uh, Sagan, I think that this has been fascinating and hyper-informative. Well, um, yeah, the fact that we can always find a follow-up yeah, <laughs> is probably every, a good example everything. of how informative that particular this particular interview has been. Um, but yeah, I I would agree. I think we're we're at a point when we can nip that in the bud so I've been uh, one of your hosts Stefan Grambart uh, thanks for listening I am uh, Hugh Elliott your other host and uh, we have Sagan Yee <laughs> who's just happy to be here <laughs> confused as to who she is <laughs> never ever confused thank you so much Sagan we really appreciate it what a what a great episode bye thank you for having me This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Recording engineer at Studio 306. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at cantsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at cantsellthispodcast.com. Podcast.com.